I am live. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Swahili Sunday. I am happy to be here today. I'm trying to get my camera straight. I love it when it does that. Okay. I don't know why it does this fuzzy thing. Maybe it's freaking out on my white hair. Too much white here. Too much, too much bright. Anyway, hopefully that'll fix in a minute. Let me see if I can get that to fix there. I think maybe, maybe I did. Okay. Anyway, hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Swahili Sunday. Uh, glad to be here for another wonderful Sunday. I was just listening to the message from my church and it was about um, kind of choosing to be happy, which is kind of a cool topic. But today we're going to talk about releasing resentment before I get into that and the Swahili word of the day, which is forgiveness and forgive, uh, because when you release resentment, that's what you're doing. You are forgiving. Uh, I'm going to share some of the some of my stories. You may not have heard if you haven't. Um, I'll say trigger warning because I've been through some pretty traumatic stuff in my life. And actually releasing resentment is one of the things that got me to be able to be happy and be in this state of uh, peace and calm, the, the peace that goes beyond all understanding, which is what the Bible talks about. And man, Meow Mick's hair is all over my microphone. That's very interesting. I need to get the uh, whatever the thing on my microphone. Uh, the maybe some tape or the lint remover on on the mic. So uh, I will start by saying things in Kenya are still the same. We are still raising funds. So if you are inclined to donate, basketsandbeatskenya.org. We have lost a sponsor for our two of our kids, and we have three more kids that are needing sponsorship for school fees and such. If you know of an organization or if you uh, and your group would like to sponsor a child for their school fees, they are, these kids are all in boarding school, so they have uniform costs. You can uh, PM me or email me at Eldana at basketsandbeatskenya.com. Uh, also donate at basketsandbeatskenya.org. So um, I'll talk more about that at the end as well. One thing I want to mention is today is my, I guess it's five years, my five-year anniversary from becoming an accredited speaker. I went for the accredited speaker designation at the Toastmasters International Convention in 2016, and uh, I was became Toastmasters accredited speaker number 68. That is a professional speaking designation. You have to be a professional speaker and meet a stringent criteria in order to be able to even apply to that. And the application process is pretty extensive. You have to have a video that's a certain length that can't be edited. It has to have inter, inter, an introduction. You have to have five references. You have to have so many speaking engagements, so many that are paid. And they all have to be to non-Toastmasters audiences. Uh, and then, so you submit that application. They review that application. And then they determine whether or not to pass you to level one judging. Level one judging is where you... Uh, your application and your video is judged by a panel of judges, and then they decide whether or not to pass you to level two. And level two, until the last couple of years, has been speaking at the international convention with judges in the audience. I think there were about a thousand people in the audience when I went for the designation, and there were five judges in the audience, and there were five of us that went for it, and uh, two of us received the designation. And the, um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the goal setting 
take positive action towards your goals and dreams, which is another uh, segment in this series I'm doing from the Go Pink Rules of Engagement. But I'm celebrating that anniversary today because the Toastmasters International Convention will be going on uh, this week. As a matter of fact, I think I might do that next week since that's when the uh, the convention is. So uh, it was the 19th of August in Washington, D.C., and my daughter was there, and she was actually a prop in my uh, speech. I I referred to her in, in the talk, but if you've heard me talk about negotiation and the fair and reasonable story, you know about that, that she's in that story. And that was the only time that, oh no, there was one other time in the U.K. as well, so there's been twice where she's been in the audience where I've shared that story and been able to say, hey, it's her right here. Anyway, uh, so let's talk about Go Pink Rules of Engagement, uh, the number two, which is Release Resentment. Go Pink Rules of Engagement is a book, one of the first books I wrote, uh, is the first book I wrote that I wrote myself. I was contributing author in several books and co-authored the Heart of a Military Woman book. And this was the first book that I actually wrote. And it was kind of about my journey of how I healed from a lifetime of chronic trauma. If you don't know my background, you can go to my blog. There's a lot of, there's a couple of things about my journey, but I'll just give you in a, in a nutshell, born to two alcoholic parents. My mother was a raging, raging alcoholic. My father was a passive alcoholic. My mother died of alcoholism when I was 12. She did a lot of horrible things, said a lot of horrible things to me. She uh, slammed my face into a wall in the sixth grade, Had went to school with a black eye. And that was kind of in the days when nobody really protected children from those kind of things. I mean, and things were thrown in my house all the time. I, I often spent a lot of time as a child hiding under my bed while my parents fought. They would throw things at each other, throw each other. Uh, my father threw my mother across the room into a TV and broke her arm. And she was very frail to begin with because she had been drinking so much. So she was she was taller than me. She was uh, I think she was about five six, five seven, and she way she couldn't have been like a hundred pounds. She was very thin, and that came from all the drinking that she did. So um, and then she, my mother broke an ashtray over my father's head once, and uh, he had to have stitches. So that he would go play golf. Um, come home, he'd be raging drunk, or he'd be not raging because he wasn't a rager, but they'd get in a fight and I'd go on, in my room, hide under the bed, or they'd get in a fight during the day, I'd go and hide under the bed, or I would climb, uh, there was a tree in my backyard, and I would climb up to the top of the tree and look out over the horizon, it was a pretty, pretty tall tree, and I would just wish that I was somewhere else, I would just imagine I was somewhere else, and, and I think that's probably why I like to travel so much because I used to sit there and imagine that I could go somewhere and run away and get away from all, all that chaos. If you know anything about growing up in an alcoholic or an addicted family, that affects every part of the family. I had a lot of resentment towards my mother for her alcoholism, for dying. I had a lot of resentment towards my father for not parenting me. He basically didn't do anything to parent me at all, didn't give me any advice, didn't give me any rules. I kind of ran around and did what I wanted. I Lucky I didn't get in more trouble than I did, uh, but I dropped out of high school. I was running with the wrong crowd. Thankfully, I got my GED and joined the Air Force, which helped me career-wise, but it didn't help me relationship-wise. I made a lot of 
bad choices in relationships. I got myself uh, beat up and nearly choked to death. I tell that story um, when I talk about being a victor over domestic violence. And the culmination of, I guess, all of this was when I was in, I had moved out here. I was in a relationship with someone. We were in a business together. He uh, basically left me for somebody else, cut me out of the business, took all the money, took all the product, um, just just kind of basically said, oh, this is my business, cut me out of the, like changed all the passwords, changed the bank accounts, like cleaned everything out. It That was it. I, it was like, it was done. And that was the thing that kind of was the trigger to uh, actually uh, release resentment. And, uh, or like before I got to that point, that was the trigger that, that made me start to really do the work on myself because I was, I was really broken. And it wasn't just from that experience from, I mean, it's bad enough that somebody actually, you know, steals what you, I'm, I'm the one who put the initial investment to start the business. And, uh, you know, he basically cut me out of it and stole it from me. And I was just too, you know, some people say, oh, you could have gone to court, blah, blah, blah. But he was the kind of person that lived for that kind of thing. So um, I, I made a decision. I was too broken at that time anyway, to, to pursue that. So I just let it go. And I figured that, that what you, uh, what you sow, you will reap. And he ended up reaping some consequences um, later on in life. And I'm sure it was from that and some of the other things that happened, that kind of stuff comes back around to you. But I had a lot of resentment towards him. As a matter of fact, when I was doing the work about releasing resentment, I made lists of people that I would, I resented. And, and there was the the, you know, okay, I can forgive these people and let this go. And there was like, no way I'm ever going to forgive these people ever in a million years. And he was at the top of that list. So <laughs> the fact that I was able to release that resentment and I, I don't carry any of that anymore is um, so freeing. So, and that comes from forgiveness, which um, forgiveness in Swahili is in sam Samaha. You sort of, it's, uh, you barely pronounce the M, but it's Samaha. And forgive is uh, Samahe. So forgiveness, now I'm, I'm, I'll talk a little about reconciliation, but forgiveness, when you forgive, then you have the, the reconciliation portion. But in some circumstances, you don't need to reconcile with those people that uh, wronged you or hurt you or harmed you. The forgiveness part is for you, for you to let go of it, for you to release it, for you to uh, get rid of it, to not have it kind of fester in your body, in your life, because forgiveness or unforgiveness gone unchecked can cause many, many health problems. I'm surprised I didn't have more health problems because I had so much resentment built up. I had resentment towards both my parents. I had resentment towards people who assaulted me, who um, I unfortunately have experienced rape and I've been, experienced domestic violence. I had a lot of unforgiveness towards a lot of people and I had to work on letting go of that. There's a scripture, Ephesians 4, 26, that says, don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And verse 27 says, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. That anger can fester and cause not only problems in how your life is, but how you react to other people because you're going around angry all the time. And the, being angry and being 
tied up in all that unforgiveness just can block your ability to be happy. Uh, and I, I, I know that to be true because I look back after I did all the work to release that resentment. I actually went to my parents' graves. I wrote letters of amends to both my parents because they both passed. My mother when I was 12, my father when I was 22. And I went, I wrote letters and in 2010, I was doing a motorcycle ride from here. I went from here to San Antonio and we went up to Milwaukee, stopping at veterans hospitals along the way. It was, uh, we were raising money for the Fallen Heroes Front Fund. It was a group of women riding and I had been invited to join the, the group and uh, it started in San Antonio. And I actually went to my childhood home and visited actually the guy who bought the house from my, after my mother died, my father sold the house and everything in it. So I basically had, he got, he sent me off to my sister's and he sold the house, everything in it. I had nothing. I came home to like new furniture and pretty much most of my belongings had been disposed of like all, a lot of my childhood stuff, things that my mother's had been disposed of. There was nothing. Basically it was almost like a fire had happened and we had to start back over. My nephew just went through a fire. I can only imagine how he feels about that, but it was the same kind of feeling because I came home to a different place to live and different furniture and a few of my belongings, but not much else. And that, that I'm sure had, uh, had not such a great effect on me as well. Uh, but I, I went to visit that home and it was very cathartic, just kind of walking through there and, and looking at it. And actually what was very interesting is the guy, the guy who had bought the house for my dad still lived there. He was an army veteran interestingly enough. And he, they actually had the guest bedroom was still the furniture that was uh, my parents' furniture. It was, they bought the furniture and they had left it there. So that, that furniture in there, and I remembered playing in there as a kid and it was very strange, but um, it, was, it was very surreal, very, uh, but very healing in a way, because when I left there, I went over to where my parents are buried and I read the letters of amends to them. And to me, obviously, I can't have them in my life. And I'm not sure if my mother was still alive, if she was still a raging alcoholic, that I would have her in my life. So forgiveness doesn't mean you have to re reconcile with that person and bring that person back in your life. That doesn't work, especially if somebody's assaulted you or done something uh, heinous to you or to a family member. But the, the whole forgiveness part is just to get it out get it out of you. So you're not carrying it around. Will you ever forget? Will you ever forget it? No, you can't forget that stuff. I can't forget all the stuff that happened to me. But when I think about it, it has no energy to it. It has no energy whatsoever. I can think about those things and be like, Ooh, yeah, okay. That was a, that was a rough patch, but it doesn't affect me any longer to where it negatively impacts my life to where I'm walking around, dragging it around and uh, just, storing it up in my body. I, I can tell you that when I went through this process to work on forgiving all these people who had wronged me, it, it, it was very freeing and it made me a lot lighter. It's not like I wasn't carrying all this weight. I used to always feel a lot of tension back here. And, and I don't, I don't feel that now unless I've just been, you know, working really hard and I have to let that go. But uh, I don't feel that the the tension and the 
the pain of the unforgiveness that plagued me for so long in my life. Does it come instantly? No. As a matter of fact, I had somebody that I was going into business with for a short period. We were doing a trial thing, uh, both veterans, and and it seemed like it would be a good fit, but it was not. And as a matter of fact, it left me with a, an anxiety attack. That's how bad um, working with that person was. And I had a lot of resentment towards her. And this is after I've done all the work to release all that. I had a lot of resentment towards her. So what did I do? I prayed rose petals at her feet every single day until that resentment released. And it took a while because I was angry that I let myself get kind of roped into that. I was angry that I let myself, and it wasn't very long. I think it was like a month or two, but just in that short amount of time, all the crazy that happened and all the, the, negative that happened and all the the stuff that happened that was just like, okay, really? I, I had some misguided thought that I was supposed to help this person, but that, that wasn't possible. And I, I held on to that resentment for a while and I had to pray, pray about it. I forget how long it took for that to break, but I prayed about it every day. And the way you know if you have resentment towards somebody is if you feel a, when you think about the situation, because we've all had people do us wrong. Some it's kind of simple, some it's very horrendous, horrendous, excuse me. If you still feel a burning about that when you think about it, if you're thinking about whatever the situation is and you feel a burning inside, you still have some resentment and you need to, um, you need to let go of that. There's a saying that says resentment is the poison we take that we think uh, kills other people, but it really kills our spirit. And you don't want to kill your spirit. You don't want to block your happiness. You don't want to block your moving forward because you have this big weight weighing you down uh, because you're you're resentful towards someone or you have um, unforgiveness for someone. There's a the phrase that uh, a friend of mine, Larry Broughton, says to have, uh, and I have it actually now in my signature block on my email at work, offer grace, patience, and forgiveness freely and often. Because we're all human, having a human experience, going through human things. We there, There's another phrase that my pastor says, um, extra grace required. You have to have extra grace for people, especially over the last almost two years, we've been in this whole COVID thing and people have lost their minds and people have very strong opinions about getting a vaccine, not getting a vaccine, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask and all this kind of stuff and what it means to them personally. So you, you have to have forgiveness and grace for somebody, um, for, for everybody, as a matter of fact. I mean, I've got to have grace for the dog who's barking in the background. <laughs> Indigo, stop barking. Little baby. So, uh, yeah, I got the little, oh, there goes my camera again. I don't know why a camera's doing that. I got the little baby girl who is, uh, she's almost, well, she'll be three months old the end of the month. Yeah, wow, my camera's doing a, a, I don't know why this camera does this. I don't like it, so I'm going to see if I can fix it. Gotta love it. Let me see what I can do to make that. 
and add myself back. That didn't work. Well, you're seeing a blur. I don't know why it's blurry. Maybe the camera will fix itself in a minute here. This is supposed to be a better camera than the one I have, but it does this all the time, and I don't know why it does this at all. It's annoying to me. There's, <laughs> there we go. Okay, way, way to go. Yay. Now I'm, now the camera's like tilted the wrong way. I gotta love this. Gotta love technology. I'm not a technology guru. I need a, oh, no, that won't. Okay, well, now you're going to see my ceiling. I love this. I love it. It's great. It's great. It's great. Yay. Yay, technology. Nope. Okay, anyway, I'm uh, trying to get this to fix. There we go. All right. Hey, double high five. Yay. So anyway, uh, resentment being the... <laughs> Oh, yeah, Indigo is. She's such a cute little baby girl, and she's going to be big girl like Gracie. I need to I need to put some more bandanas on her and take some photos. The, the pictures uh, on the site, if you haven't seen the dog bandanas, that's Gracie. That's my son's dog. Indigo's the puppy that I just got. And she's over there chewing on something. She's in the teething stage. Ha ha. And she's a, a Malinois Shepherd, a.k.a. Malligator. They do this with their little teeth. They snap their little jaws and they chew everything in sight. Anyway, so yeah, resentment's that poison we take that we think kills other people, but it really kills our spirit. It is a poison. It's poisonous to your body. I've talked about my favorite proverb, which is Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And uh, that... And going hand in hand with forgiveness and forgiving other people, you have to consider forgiving yourself and having kind words for yourself. And I've said it like last week, we talked about uh, negative, turning negative self, or last time I was on this, we talked about turning negative self-talk to powerful self-talk. And negative self-talk towards yourself uh, is something that you need to, you need to also forgive yourself. Like I did so many things wrong and I made so many bad choices when I realized that I could have done something to actually heal from all of this trauma and change the trajectory of my life. When I realized I could do that and I could have done that a long time prior, I, that really, I really beat myself up over that. And it, I, it, I worked on forgiving all the other people, but then I had to work on forgiving myself. And that was, that was a challenge, forgiving myself and forgiving, oh, thank you, my, my COVID hair. Thank you for the compliment on my hair. This is, uh, this is what I call COVID hair. And uh, uh, COVID caused this. And uh, when I, because obviously all the salons closed down and I couldn't get my hair done. And by the time the salons had opened, this is my natural color, by the way, this is not this is what God gave me and I was hiding and covering it up. So, <laughs> but by the time the salons opened, I think it was to about here. So we decided to bleach the rest of it until it all grew out. And this is pretty much other than a little, little piece here on the end. Hey, leave it dogs. A little piece on the end. It's pretty much my natural color. So thank you for the compliment. I love it. Hey, Hey, settle. 
Oh, I think somebody stole somebody's toy. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Anyway, so the important thing about forgiving yourself, when you're going through a forgiveness process, you have to forgive yourself. And then that requires some reconciliation. Like I said earlier, reconciliation doesn't necessarily have to happen in all circumstances. Reconciliation could be you forgive the person and then you connect back to uh, you connect back to whoever that person was and work out your relationship and have some forgiveness and move forward. But that doesn't necessarily need to happen in all circumstances. For instance, the, the person I described earlier who did me wrong and cut me out of the business and all that, I actually went to him and made amends for my portion of the relationship. And when I, and, and he just sat there when I did it and was looking at me like, okay. And then he says, are you done? And I'm like, yeah. And I got up and left and I felt so free when I did that. And he actually wanted to like be friends or whatever. And I'm like, no, no, I've forgiven you. I don't need you in my life after everything that happened. I don't, I don't want to open my myself up to that again. I don't want to even think about that again. You can just go live your life and I'll live mine and just know that I don't have any resentment towards you. So uh, that was very freeing. And then I had to forgive myself for actually getting involved with that individual and all the choices I made around that. So um, and things that, it, you know, pain it caused my kids and all of that kind of stuff that that I had to work hard to forgive myself too. So forgiveness comes both with with forgiving the other person and then forgiving yourself. And then I had to make kind of reconcile with myself to learn how to love who I was and understand that I'm only human. And I, I was operating on the things that I grew up with. I didn't know any better on some things on the choices I made. My parents really modeled. There's a, yeah, I'll talk about that. There's a, in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, there's several stages of development. And one is the modeling stage. So the modeling stage is where, where you're uh, in your teen years, like I think it's 14 to, to adulthood. And you're in your, your teen years and the people around you are modeling behaviors that you, uh, that you, end up emulating. And my parents modeled for me the worst behaviors after my mother died. So my mother died when I was 12 years old, uh, right before I turned 13. And then my father basically sat on the couch, drank beer, smoked cigarettes, and really didn't say much to me. So, and then I would go and do things and I would get in trouble or whatever. And it's, and it was almost like I kept upping the ante trying to get his attention. Nothing I did, uh, got his attention. So I had to forgive him for not parenting me. I had to forgive her for being an alcoholic and for not really parenting me either or being cruel to me as a, as a mother. I, I you hear the dogs in the background. I don't know what they're fighting about, but I think, I think one dog took the other dog's chew. I think that's what's going on. I gave them both something to chew on so they would chew and be quiet while I was here on my live, but I think somebody has taken somebody else's chew and it's my guess Indigo, the little puppy who's 23 pounds has stolen the 60 pound Gracie's toy. So uh, anyway, a uh, couple more, couple more things to share before we uh, end here. So 
there's the and there's a scripture also Ephesians 4 31 to 32 that says get rid of all bitterness rage anger harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behavior instead be kind to each other tender hearted forgiving one, one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you it's just about having that that spirit of forgiveness and like I said it may not be instant it may take a minute like with the the business situation I said, where I had to kind of, I just prayed rose petals at that person's feet every day for quite a long time until that, that resentment released. So it does take some work depending on how much resentment and anger and frustration you have. Uh, sometimes you have to, it's good to make a list of all the people that you actually resent and what they did to you and see who you can easily forgive and then what will take more work. And um, that's that's something that they do in 12-step programs. So that's a good place to go if you've ever been affected by somebody's uh, drinking or drug use or um, any other type of things. There's codependency and other things where you can go work a 12-step program and you go through the part of the program where you uh, work on releasing resentment and work on making amends to those people for your side of the street. It's all about cleaning up your side of the street, clearing yourself out, making yourself free and clear from all the resentment, releasing it, let, letting it go and not let it stay attached to you because it, when it stays um, attached to you, that's where it'll weigh you down. It can give you health problems. It can make you sick. It can make you um, miserable. It can make you unhappy. It, like I said, it's poison. Resentment is a poison we take that we think kills other people, but it really kills our spirit. So that's kind of my story for the week. I will remind everybody again, like I said in the beginning. So I have I have two kids that were sponsored by somebody, and I reached out to the sponsor for this school year back in January a couple of times, and he did not respond. So I I haven't been able to get a hold of him. So we have two kids that don't have sponsors for school. And then we have three more kids um, with the ladies that need help with school. So it's school fees, school uniforms, school supplies, uh, all that. The school fees covers them boarding because most of them are the, of the age where they board at school. And and it's it, so it's a sig significant cost for them. So we're looking for sponsors for that. You can go to basketsandbeadskenya.org. You can specifically donate towards school fees. Um, I just actually sold something on eBay where the and it went for $60, where the $60 is going to go to cover school fees and help with some, some of the costs. So they go to school and they have, they'll go to school and then they'll have a half term. So it's like they're two months on, one month off. They have year-round school. But uh, two of the kids, they're street kids. They have nowhere really to go. So during the uh, during the off time, there's uh, Bintia in Kenya who takes care of those two kids, and there's those two kids and some other kids. So the the one kid has a place to go, but the other kid does not, and so he boards with these other group of kids that are sponsored by other people. So when they're not in school, there's rent and food expenses for them for where they're staying. And there's a, a young man that stays with them that, that watches over them and makes sure that they're okay. Unfortunately, our, our one child had some uh, pretty rough circumstances. I'm not going to share about it here, but um, 
he he had some abuse happen to him. And uh, so we had to pay for things like counseling and medical care and such. And so that that it's not as much as it is in the U.S., but it's too much. It's too costly for them to cover there. And we have three other children with our ladies in Kipsongo that need school fees. I'm getting ready to send a proposal to a rotary to see if they'll help. If you know of a rotary club or if you or any a group of you would like to get together and help pay for those school fees, that would be great. We are still raising money for food packs because still in Kenya, everything is closed down and uh, the ladies can't sell anything. They're not making enough money to uh, actually cover costs of food and expenses. So we made a commitment to, to provide food packs every month until things got back to a semblance of order. And for them there, that would be more mission groups coming through Kenya. That would be uh, tourism opening up where they could maybe sell their products in gift shops, which is what we were moving towards. And those things have been still put on hold. So basketsmeetskenya.org is the nonprofit site. It uh, We don't have any expenses there. It all, all 100% of the money goes to other than fees from PayPal. PayPal take because it goes through PayPal. They take, they take you know a small percentage fee for processing the funds, but the rest of the money there's no there's no salaries paid. There's no real expenses paid out of that. All the expenses come out of the business account, which part of my salary goes into the business account to cover business expenses from the job that I have. So until we reach a level of sustainability, that's kind of the way it's going to be right now. But uh, we have we have no expenses. Not that we won't. Once it, the nonprofit grows, we will probably have some expenses to for somebody to work the nonprofit. And uh, it won't be me, but somebody else. But anyway, um, any any amount will help, whether it's food packs or school fees. Oh, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to send a donation. Appreciate that. Um, any amount will help. We have people that donate $5 a month. We have some people that donate $1,000 a month. And we have organizations that have donated. And every bit of it goes to help the help the ladies and their children in Kenya and the, and the street kids that we're working with. So Appreciate any help that you could get or uh, give or sharing this with anybody. That would uh, that would be great. If you are part of a, a Rotary Club, that would be great. I'd love to come speak to your group. Um, I've spoken to a couple of Rotaries. And we have one, the Rotary Club of Temecula, who supported us a couple of times. And I'm going to be sending the info to them to see if they'll be able to provide some support. So if you are part of a Rotary Club, or uh, Kiwanis or another club that does that type of a thing that, that gives to other groups. I would love to come and, and be a virtual speaker for to share the story of baskets and beads and see if they would be willing to help. So you can PM me or email me at Eldana at basketsandbeadskenya.com and uh, I'll connect with you on that. All right, everybody. So uh, the next in the series. So we talked about neg turning negative self-talk to powerful self-talk. We talked about releasing resentment. Um, the next in the series is surround yourself with people who hold you to a higher standard, not people who bring you down. So the important part, once I forgave and released resentment was to make sure that I up-leveled the people I hung around and I didn't hang around people who were going to do me that way. And not that I haven't been done wrong here and there since then, but I, 
changing and, and being cognizant of the people that you're hanging around, who you surround yourself with has a lot to do with how, how successful you'll be, how happy you'll be and how focused you'll be on achieving your goals and dreams. And then of course uh, the one after that will be, I, I may, I may, switch them because take positive action towards your goals and dreams is number four. I may switch that since uh, uh, I can share the story about how I achieved the accredited speaker designation and how you can set your goals, which I did a, a goal setting thing at the beginning of the year, but this comes from that. So I may switch those. We'll see about that. But until next week, whether it's uh, one of the rules of engagement or I'm on the road somewhere, who knows where I'll be doing who knows what, We'll see what happens next week until uh, I see you again. Have a great week. Nakupenda.